and the message title today is His Great Name. So let us pray. Father, we bring this word before you. I believe it's a word which you have laid for this day, for this time, for this season. I thank you, Lord, that your, your words to me were that this is more of a prophetic word of encouragement for your people, not so much a teaching, but that, Lord, you want us to realize that, as the Bible says, that we have the ability as your people to read the signs and the times. And so, Lord, I pray that as this word goes forth, your anointing will be upon it. May it come through exactly the way that you've intended it to come through, and I pray that your people will be encouraged, that they would be encouraged in your name, in your great name, amen. So the title of today's message is His Great Name, and uh, I just wanna start by saying that I really enjoy this time of the year. I acknowledged in the, in the first service, I actually enjoyed this time of year more than Christmas. And uh, in my household, they, they tend to say I'm a bit of a Grinch over Christmas. It's a, a, not an acknowledgement that I am proud of because I actually love Christmas and I love rejoicing in the knowledge that our Lord and Savior was born so that we can be saved. But I tend to get a little bit overwhelmed by the whole thing of Christmas. So my, my family tend to call me the Grinch, and they tell me to put a smile on my face. I tend to get a little bit quiet, and I, um, I need to almost not force myself, but speak to my spirit and say, just, you know, get into the spirit of things and enjoy Christmas. But the beginning of a new year, for me, is a completely different story. I am very excited at the beginning of each and every year. And I, I was wondering as to why this is the case. And then I thought to myself, well, maybe it's because we understand seasons change and they, they come and they go and we, we know that there is a new day as we go into the different seasons. But seasons don't arrive immediately. They tend to usher themselves in, you know, get to the end of summer, you unpack your, your autumn clothes, and then you unpack your winter clothes, and then you go through the whole process again as we go back into spring. So seasons kind of usher themselves in. So I thought, well, that's not exactly the same as a new year, because the, the new year comes almost like an expected suddenly. There is a date on the calendar, and there's a time, and when that day and time comes, it is here, whether you are ready or not. And you can't stop it from happening, it just happens. And I, I like that, I like the predictability of it. It's almost like I can plan and prepare myself for it, so that when this day arrives, it's like transition. Now, I realize that not everybody shares my sentiment about the beginning of the year. 
Some of you may be feeling overwhelmed at this time of year. Maybe you would prefer that the new year kind of ushered itself in like the change of season. And I can, I can appreciate that way of thinking. I mean, it helps to gradually move into something new. But the nature of a calendar and time does not actually afford us that opportunity. And I, I wonder if that's where the saying comes that we all know, time waits for no man. But as believers, we do not need to concern ourselves with these things. Because as believers, we serve the one who has time in his hands. God will not be dictated to by a calendar or by a clock. Time is in his hands. And so we do not need to be consumed by the time of the year or the change of the season necessarily, but we can just focus on the one who has time in his hands because he is the one who wants relationship with us and we would be better served to focus our attention on him and our relationship with him than concern ourselves with a calendar and a date and a time. And we can do this because our lives are in him. And we can just hand our lives over to him because he is in control. Now that doesn't take away from the fact that I like a little bit of predictability. So I asked the Lord at the beginning of uh, this year, what is the word that he would like to share with his people, with me and with you today? And um, I trust the Lord when, when I speak at this time of year, I ask him for a word or a, a, at most a short phrase that I can share with you. And I, I took a few moments just to go reflect on what, what the Lord spoke in previous years. And in 2019, the word was abundant life. In 2020, it was I can in him. In 2021, in the midst of everything that we were going through, his word to us was abide. Abide in him. And I, fascinate, I was fascinated by how relationally orientated these words are and how he wants us to be close to him and that he wants us to walk near him all the time. So when I came before the Lord and I said, Lord, what, what would be the word for, for this year, for 2022? And it was instantaneous. Uh, it was like in a split second, the word came to me, renewal. The word came to me, renewal. Now, if you think about the words that have just been shared, and even the ministry in the, in the first service, God has confirmed this over and over again this morning. So will you think a bit about this word renewal, and we're gonna talk about this word renewal. So one definition has it as follows, as an instance of res resuming something after an interruption. 
Think about that for a moment. The Bible in the context of renewal also talks about restoration. Now I know many, myself included, who are part of this body who have got a real story about God's restoration. Anybody else here can talk about God's restoration? It's like a themed ministry. So so you moet say land Just teasing. So you know, many of us here have before Choose Life started had a story. And I remember and it continues to this day that uh, God's hand of restoration as a theme in this congregation is so strong. And so we are familiar, in a, in a way, with the term restoration. So I thought to myself, should the title of the message not rather have been renewal? And I, I changed it backwards and forwards a few times, and, and every single time I changed it back to his great name. And we'll see as we go through the message today as to why the Lord, I believe, has kept the title His Great Name. And uh, let's have a look at this journey that God wants us to go on. So point number one is God is sovereign. God is sovereign. In 1 Chronicles 29, reading from verse 11, we, we touched on it in the beginning of the service. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. And so we need to remind ourselves that the key to unlocking renewal is acknowledging and surrendering to God's sovereignty. And we can see this in the Word, and I'd like to share with you around this. Because maybe it's just the Lord's timing, which I believe it is, but on the 3rd of May 2020, which is a long time ago, Shortly after the COVID-19 pandemic broke out and the lockdowns had started, I shared a word with you about the life of Job entitled Found Faithful. And yeah, we briefly touched on this aspect of God's sovereignty and the acknowledgement thereof being key to unlocking renewal. At the time though, the timing was not right. And I believe the timing is now right. And the, and the Lord wants to say, look at where you've come from. And I'm saying to you that we are going to enter into a season of renewal. So let's just summarize a few things about Job. Job himself was blameless, upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. And, and in this trial, no matter what, through, what he went through, he lost absolutely everything short of his life, this man. He even became discouraged, and understandably so. But through it all, he remained true to his character. And the Bible tells us his character was one of blamelessness, upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Job, in his discouragement, even challenged God. 
but he always remained true to his character. Now in Job 38, we see how God reveals himself to Job, realizing that God rocks up on the scene with the devil came into the God's presence in Job 1, verse two, uh, 1 and 2, chapters 1 and 2, and then God is kind of missing until chapter 38, which is a very, very long time. And in Job 38, for four full chapters, God goes through a series of questions which he answers himself. God challenges Job in return, making full known his sovereignty and omnipotence. It makes for absolute fascinating reading, and I would encourage you, when you get a chance, to read those chapters. You cannot but walk away with an overwhelming sense of how great God is. But to highlight how intense this exchange between God and Job was, we look at a portion of Scripture in Job 40 from verse 1 and from the New King James Version. Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who rebukes God, let him answer it. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no further. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Now prepare yourself like a man. I will question you and you shall answer me. I don't know about you, but at this point in time, I would have been petrified. I think I would have been very fearful in the, in the presence of the Lord. I don't think Job wanted to answer God because what was he going to say? And we see as much in, in the text. Now, this happens almost halfway through God speaking. So Job, Job doesn't get much to say at all. So God then continues this exchange until Job 42 when God eventually gets, uh, when Job eventually gets to say something. And we read in verse 42 from verse one, then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Verse four, it says, listen, please, and let me speak. Now, I don't know about you, just on a side, uh, the minute I read that portion, I thought of that video which was going around where the child is cheekily talking to the mother and says, Lisa, Lisa, listen. Listen, Lisa. Now, I bet you and I promise you that that's not the tone Job had with God. But it was like he, he had sat through all this discussion where God is asking these questions 
and laying out his absolute magnificence, and Job doesn't get a chance to speak. So it says there, listen, please, and let me speak. You said I will question you, and you shall answer me. But I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Verse six, therefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. That's a key portion of the scripture here. Job came to a place of repentance. We carry on in verse 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as what he had before. Verse 11, we see how all his friends, family, and acquaintances come together and comfort and console him and give him gifts of silver and of a gold ring, each one of them to Job. And then in verse 12, we see, now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And you know, so many people have, have lost so much in terms of what we've been going through the last few years. People have lost courage, jobs, health, assets, dreams, faith, prosperity. Many of you may have questioned God probably out of pure frustration for what is going on, and understandably so. Yet the book of Job is a reminder that God is sovereign over all, and he owes no man, he owes none of us an explanation because he is in complete control. And when you, when you read that portion of Scripture, God is not giving an explanation. He is just telling Job the way it is. And so the key to our renewal lies in surrender to his sovereignty and to his majesty. And it is up to us to surrender ourselves to his sovereignty and to his majesty. It's about letting go and replacing it with letting God. It's about operating in grace and a place of rest with full confidence, knowing that God is in full control. I read an article on this and it reads as follows, rather than focus on our own performance, we can rest in the character of God. We can rest in his sovereignty and focus instead on actually getting to know him. Remember, God's a God of relationship. In James 5 verse 11, it says, Indeed, we count them blessed who endure, who have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, and intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. It brings me to point number two, and that is that God works in infinite detail. Now, how many of you, I'm sure everybody here, has heard the saying, the devil is in the detail? Anybody heard that? And sometimes we actually hear it far too, too much. But did you know that it is actually a misattribution? Another word, big word, which uh, it sounds simple, but I didn't, I've never heard of it before. And so the saying, the devil is in the detail, 
actually comes from a German proverb that goes, God is in the detail. And somebody has changed it along the way. As a matter of fact, when you take the direct German translation, it says, the loving God is plugged into the detail. The loving God is plugged into the detail. And so to take a small portion out of Job again from chapter 38, in verse four it says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. Or who shut in the seas with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and darkness, thick darkness its swaddling band. When I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors. When I said, this far you may come, but no further, and here your proud waves must stop. In verse 12, have you commanded the morning since your days began and, because the uh, and caused the dawn to know its place? I'm sure you'll agree with me, it's a little bit more detailed than Genesis 1 where, where it says God spoke and, and think creation came into being. But God works in such infinite detail. And it's the same with our own lives. And we, we know this, but our desire to control our own outcomes is sometimes so overwhelming. It's a constant battle between surrender to Him and controlling our own destiny. And yet family, He, he has presented us with the opportunity to operate in his grace. We can. We don't need to operate in a, in a place of struggle. We can operate in his grace because we have confidence in our sovereign God and that he will take care of the detail. I mean, we know from Scripture, Matthew 6, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Further in that scripture, it says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? God is asking that question of us today. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I drink? What shall I wear? For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, the Lord says, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. You see, in this great big universe which is held together in great detail by him, we see that in the book of Job. He sees you and he cares for you in that same great detail. He is God. Psalm 40 verse 5, it says, many, O Lord, many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works, 
which you have done and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Point number three, God has not abandoned you. With all that's been going on over the last uh, while, it at face value is perfectly understandable to consider the thought that God has abandoned you. And yet, I want to say to you today, do not lend your ear to that lie. It's a lie of the devil. The, the scripture speaks very clearly about thoughts which are not of God, that you are to capture them and to bring them into submission to God. The thought that God has abandoned you is a thought that needs to be captured and thrown into the pit of hell where it belongs because God has not abandoned you. And we must not re reduce God to the size of our circumstance. Sometimes we, we look at what's in front of us and everything that's going on and we reduce God to the same size of that circumstance. And you know, when you, when you do that, you give the enemy an illegitimate advantage and a potential victory in that circumstance. So don't do it. God is big. He's overall. And what might seem impossible for us, impossible for man, is not impossible for God. So God will never abandon you, and God has not abandoned you. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You are with me. Psalm 37, it says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. As in, God orders your steps, and God, he delights in your way. Jeremiah 29, we know that verse that says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil, to give you a hope in your final outcome. So family, let's rejoice in the goodness of our God today because he is good to us. He is the good, good father. Point number four is God is doing a work of renewal. I believe the word of the Lord for us today as a congregation, as God's people, is that we are going into a season of renewal. And the, the, the season of renewal is rooted in the fact that we have had a revelation of God's sovereignty and we have surrendered ourselves to his sovereignty as his people. We've surrendered our wants and our desires to be in control for everything and exchange it for a pursuit of relationship with him. And ultimately, we know that consistently, God has been telling us over the last few months, even over the last few years, that what's most important to him is our relationship with him. And that is where our focus and attention should be. You see, because in everything else, in heaven and on earth, he is taking care of the detail. He is taking care 
of the detail. Now I know that God will do new things in the future. I know he will do it because a new thing he will do, he said it all over his word. But I do believe that there is a difference between doing something new and renewal. And God's word to us today is that some people's lives have been interrupted. And his word to you today is that he is gonna do a work of renewal. You are entering into a season of renewal and restoration. So will you claim that for yourself today? Because that is the word of the Lord for you. And he's gonna do this at a very deep and personal level. Why? Because people have lost at a very deep and personal level. God is saying he wants to, to come in and intimately minister to you a work of renewal and restoration. And you know what? He will do it for his great name's sake. He will do it because he is God and because God is sovereign. He will be glorified and his name will be lifted high. Nothing will get in the way of that, nothing. So my prayer for you today as, as I bring it to a close is that will you have a revelation of how much God loves you? Those are not just mere words. God is saying to us today, I love you. Maybe you haven't even heard those words before. But God is saying to you, I love you. And so my prayer for you today is that you will experience his abundant love for you today. May we rejoice in the season of great renewal that God has in store for us. Let us stand and close in prayer. Father, I wanna thank you for your word over us today. I wanna thank you, Lord, that the, the seed has been sown, the words have been spoken into the heavens, and I thank you, Lord, that you will do the work and that we can now operate in a place of grace and rest because we know our attention must be in walking with you. I thank you, Lord, that you are ministering your love over your people. I thank you, Lord, that your people have had a revelation that you are sovereign over them and that you take care of them in such great detail and that you hold it all together. Words cannot express sufficiently how great you are, God. So we give you our hearts. All that we have, we give you our hearts and we say, God, come. Come do your work. Lord, we ready ourselves for this new season that you have prepared for us. And I pray for your blessing to be over your people right now. I pray, Lord, that your people will be encouraged. Your people will feel loved. I pray that your Holy Spirit will continue to move within their lives. And that we can rejoice until we meet together again next week. We give our lives in your hand. We say, God, 
take it, mold it, make it into something precious that worships and glorifies your name. In Jesus' name, amen.